today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. You've got it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every single Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order. I'm J.B. Clark, joined as always by Rob Carmack. Rob, how are you doing today? J.B., I've got it. You've got it. Actually, you've got it. You had it before. I yeah, I was holding on to it for In you. our last episode, uh, you had it. And you know what, J.B.? But you can, you still you can it. have it. You, you want it? I mean, I'll I'll share it with you. You want to hold on to it just while we do the episode? I mean, just for a minute. Mm-hmm. You can give it back. Yeah, no rush. No big deal. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's getting very weird. This was fun. What a great, what a great bit that we just got to do. Oh man, yeah, it's a little improv theater just just now, right here Dude, on, the, on this podcast. Pete Holmes, if Pete Holmes was here, he would have been legitimately thrilled with that. <laughs> I, I think he would have been largely unimpressed. <laughs> no, by, he would, have, he would have carried that so far. He would have just kept going with it. He would have been like, "This is so silly." Maybe, maybe. He would have started asking about it in a Jerry Springer voice. I mean, a Jerry Seinfeld voice. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> You've got, give it to me. I don't know what it is, but he got it. You All got right. it. I need it. What is it? Where did he get it? All right. So anyway, the song, was talking about it. <laughs> the song we're talking about today is, as you mentioned before, JB, is the song You've Got It. It's from the 2012 album Wrecking Ball. And this is our final Wrecking Ball song. We're closing it out. <sighs> This is a cool song to go out on. Good. Um, uh, yeah, not not the greatest song on the record, not the worst song on the record, but it's a fun song. I find it deeply... This is an interesting basic fact about this song. It was marketed as a single. Does anybody... When you think about this album, Wrecking Ball, does anybody out there think, oh, right, that's the one that You've Got It is on? No, absolutely not. No. I could see how it would, like... I could see someone be... I could see the decision to make it, like, the radio single, but... That record was successful not because it was like killing it on the radio, but because it was an awesome record that people who like are interested in music liked. Well, <laughs> so. the, the the other singles off that record were "We Take Care of Our Own," "Death to My Hometown," and "Rocky Ground." Like those are singles. Yeah. And then this one, right? But those are like <laughs> those are like, those are like, uh, those are like s- important singles. You know what I mean? Like if Wilco put out singles, they'd put those out. You know? Yeah. And then this is like. You know, this is like when he was putting out Human Touch and stuff, and he was trying to make singles like that. <laughs> I guess, just man. in case. But even just though, in case you got to have your singles for the fan base, and you got to have your like fun singles. You know, your your rock radio, your Drive It Five singles. But the thing is, even though the song was marketed as a single, I feel like Bruce didn't really care about it that much because he it's only been played one time live. Which, if you're an wow. artist and you release a single and you perform as many times as Bruce does you're going to play the single more than once. You know what I mean? And th- this song... Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is like, they were like, dude, we need another single, you know, something that we could play on the radio. And he was like, I don't, like, whatever. I gave you six songs. And they're like, yeah, but something we could play on the radio. And he was like, you can have You've Got It. Here's... Here, Just do that here, one. you've got it. Yeah. Um, Fine. I was going to not put it on the record. You can have it. You've got it now. And they were like, cool. And then he played it. And he was like, yeah, see, this isn't going to be like a radio record. It's whatever. All yeah. right, cool. I played it once. We could... Yeah, it has been played live one time, and it was in Norway on July 24th, 2012 on the Wrecking Ball Tour. I'm not going to lie, JB. I regularly forget that this song exists. I don't, but I always forget it's on this record. 
Which is yeah, funny because like, this like, is oh, your yeah, record. Yeah, that's like an older song, you know? Uh-huh. It's like not at the beginning. It feels like, it fe- honestly, this song feels like it could be just like a deep cut off of a record at any at any stage in Bruce's career. Yeah, this feels like it should have been on tracks. You know, like it, it just like, it was just one of those that, like, yeah, it sounds like a song that he wrote, but it never really fit any of the albums. You know, like, and quite frankly, this song feels like filler to me. It, it sits in an interesting place on the album it, because it sits between Wrecking Ball and Rocking Ground which are two pretty important songs on the album. And it yeah. really feels to me like Bruce just needed a transition to get out of Wrecking Ball and into Rocky Ground. Like he couldn't just put those songs next to each other. So he needed something to just like actually just fill the space between those two songs. And he didn't really care much about it. It seems to me like he just didn't care that much about what went into that spot. And so he would just like tossed this one in there. Am I wrong? Do you, I mean, do, does it, does it feel like that to you? Uh, I mean, I think there's a, you know, it, it, I think it plays a part in being sort of, it's pretty rock and roll on the record, you know? Like it plays a part in that sort of it. It definitely scratches like an Americana itch. Oh yeah, I mean, Does that makes sense. The band is jamming. It's got like it's it's kind of bluesy, like you said. It's Americana. It just I don't. It's got like those hard pan guitar parts that are you know what I mean. Like it's it definitely fit like gives the record a little more Americana cred instead of just making it like a um sort of a hard charging pop rock record. It it you know it's like hey the band's here doing hard work too you know just yeah but um. And I guess like that, that could be considered filler, I guess, too. But, I, you know, I think it definitely plays a role. I, I don't think it's like an important song, but I think it's a I think it's a really good song that plays an important role. What role does it play? Because like I because that's sort of where I'm at with it is like, I don't know why this song is on this album. Like, in fact, Ron Aniello, who's the producer of this record, says, quote, this, you've got it, is the only song that has nothing to do with the concept of the record. It really just, it, it's really just to break it up, which, I mean, translate it back into what I just said. Ron Aniello, producer of this album, is pretty much telling us that this song is filler. Well, yeah, it's there to be like, it's just there to be rock and roll. It's there as a full band piece for everybody to work on. It's, and, it, and it gives it, I think it really lends the record a little bit it really does lend it some some Americana gravitas, right? Because it's hard to like sort of have some of the conversations this record's having and be as sort of like produced and straightforward, you know, pop rock. So it's got to be a little bit more. It's got to be a little bit more like, hey, you know, like we played in a bunch of bars. <laughs> it's got to have that feel on it too. Oh, you don't feel like we take care of our own and Wrecking Ball and like Shackled and Drawn do that? Yeah, but like Shackled and Drawn is like the product is like the produced version of Americana. Shackled and Drawn is like is like the um, I mean this is way exaggerating, but it's sort of like the Disney version of that. Where this is like this this feels like American Aquarium wrote this and was playing it in in a bar, you know. This is sort of like gives it some of that the river feel, but it also I don't know and like the acoustic parts kind of give it like it could be like in a Devils and Dust record. It could have been it, it just feels like it could have been on a bunch of different records, right? So maybe it's been around. Or something like that, and it finally just found a home. I'm not saying it's a, like it's an important song. I'm just saying like it it gives it gives the record some. I've said it. I don't know how to say it another way though. Some like Americana gravitas right. that I think it need. I think it needed a little bit more. Like it's not. It was if this record if this song wasn't on it, people would be like, oh, it's almost got an Americana feel. But because this song's on it, they're like, it's definitely like a piece of Americana. When you went on Jesse's podcast, when you were on Set Listing Bruce, and you were ranking all the tracks. On Wrecking Ball, where did you rank this song? It wasn't super high, um, and I should have pulled that up, and I can real quick. Yeah, you've got it. Was was number twelve out of twelve? Out of thirteen. What, what was number Swallowed thirteen? Up in the Swallowed up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and quite frankly, like like I said, thematically, if if you have to lose a song off of this record, it has to be this one. Like every every other song on this record yeah. is part of the overall message of the album. This this is the, like I mean, we already mentioned a couple of them, but like this is the album that gives us "Death to My Hometown," "Jack of All Trades," "This Depression," "Land of Hope and Dreams." Like, there's a lot of gravitas in this in this record, and this song, like I said, like it just doesn't. It it doesn't bring anything new to the table. This record it it does not enhance what the album is trying to say, in my opinion. And so, I think it enhances what it's trying to say. I think it just gives it like a little bit more. I think it gives it a little bit more like raw rock and roll energy, just okay. like a little bit. Does it enhance it? it? Just gives it a little bit more of that like garage rock, southern rock, rock and roll, seventies rock. You know, like Americana, Tom Petty. Put a little Tom Petty stink on it or something. So sort of like if you're listening to Nebraska, like this is the open all night, you know, because open all night is like really like. Like it's it's like the the most rockabilly Nebraska Nebraska, which is a yeah very like dark depressing album. Like you still got open all night on there, which is like that's that feels odd in the middle of that. Like to me, this song is similar to that in that way, which is like it's just like hmm that of all the things that you could have put at this at this exact spot in the album, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. So so like you you mentioned a second ago like the music uh, there's there's an acoustic there's like you said there's uh, Americana the band is is going there's some steel guitar uh, there's a guy named Mark Muller who's uh, guesting on the steel guitar hero here guitar doing, hero and doing a great job yeah it's and competently done to be sure and yeah so yeah it starts off super bare just like acoustic and then the and then some some bass drum. Uh, and the slide guitars like pan super far left and and awesome and kind of eerie uh, and just the acoustic and piano are like really straightforward and drums are just the kick drum and then like two minutes in electrics go into both ears drums and bass guitar come in fully with horns and it just builds and stacks you know just the way it does it it's really awesome it, you know like it could have been it kind of it like it would if you'd have seen them playing on the river like it, you know or in a bar before the river like that feeling they're trying to capture and they just played this song you wouldn't feel like oh my gosh this song's from the future this is nothing to you know what i mean you'd be like oh this fits well it's um, it's folkier than anything from that era you know yeah it's got the acoustic and you know it's, it's got that vibe still it's got that raw vibe it builds to it to be sure and at the beginning he's like just him and an acoustic guitar like it's not nebraska like heavy but it's you know devil's in dust the guitar Definitely has some like human touch feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the lucky town, it just kind of like spans it all. It's just a fun song. I'm not saying it's great or important. Musically, <laughs> it's really fun to listen to. Well, do you want to uh, talk about the lyrics, or is there is there more in the in the musical section? No, let's go ahead and get to the lyrics because there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> You're joking, obviously. Uh, no one ever found it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. No one ever found it. Ain't no school ever taught it. No one ever made it. Ain't no one ever bought it. Baby, you've got it. Baby, you've got it. Come on and give it to me. So there is a thing, the the elusive it. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's you can't you can't buy it, and you can't learn it, but some people just have it. So it's you know what it is. It's that something. It's that certain uh, je ne sais quoi. That's what it is. It's it's like if you've seen Jerry Maguire, it's the Quan. The Quan. Yeah. <laughs> it's. It's uh, it's confident American sexual energy is what it is. It's just like there you go. someone walking into a room being like, "Oh wow, you don't look." Uh, I when I think when I hear this song, have you ever seen someone that or talked to someone who was in no way necessarily like physically attractive, but you at the end of it you were like, "I am I am drawn to that person," like dramatically. 
like I was just that person just charmed my sock off. Uh, That's how a lot of people describe Charles Manson. Uh, oh yeah, just like Charles. Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what that that's what it is, you know. Yeah, it's charisma. It's the you know the indefinable thing that you know star quality, whatever. Ain't no one can break it, and there ain't no one can steal it. Ain't no one can fake it. You just know when you feel it, baby. You've got it. Come on, give it to me. Uh, and this is important if you're thinking, how can I go out and get it? Well, you can't <laughs> read it in a book, and you can't even dream it, honey. It ain't got a name, and you just know it when you see it. Yeah, baby, you've got it. Come on and give it to me. Uh, and then finally, well, now listen up. Your reckless love is precious, so don't waste it. Can't tell you what they uh, what they made of it, but I know it when I taste it. Baby, you've got it. Baby, you've got it. You've got it in your bones and blood. Yeah, you're real as real ever was. Baby, you've got it. Come on, give it to me. So, yeah, the, the elusive it, as you mentioned, the charisma, sex appeal, quan, je ne sais quoi, what have you. In fact... The one time Bruce performed this song, the one time in Norway, he tried to explain the it. And this is what he said. <laughs> this is this is what he said. You don't need to explain it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, if if, you, if it could be explained, you would just explain it. But this is what he says. He says, it's like the Higgs um, Boston. Oh, man. Oh, boson. Boson. Thank you. I, I, did you did you look this up? Did you see this? No, okay. I just know what the Higgs boson Higgs particle boson is. Part- he, he said it's like the Higgs boson part- boson, boson par- particle, which had just been found by scientists in Switzerland. Not quite Norway, obviously, but like close enough because he's in Norway. Uh, so Bruce says to the audience, he says, it's the particle that makes sure there's mass in your ass. It's the particle that makes everything solid <laughs> somehow. They found it in the big machine, the Swiss, the big long tunnel that they shoot the particles around. So one... So one of the biggest mysteries of science has been slightly solved for the moment. But life has more mis- many more mysteries than that because they can name the Higgs boson. But what I'm about to sing is unnameable. It's unknowable. It's indescribable. It's just what it is. And then he rolls into the song. That's why Bruce is as famous as he is. Because <laughs> one day when he was like 19, he got on a stage in New Jersey or New York or wherever he was that night. And he said it like, that is, that is it is being able to get up there and say, it's the Higgs boson particle. It's, and like, this is a very complex, I don't know anything about this. I just know it's the God particle. Right. Uh, he says, he says it puts that mass in your ass. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why people would follow this man off a cliff is because he was, (laughs) I mean, like, I guess, you know, it's like Charles Manson. <laughs> Two people right. have had this. Charles it's Manson. Bruce Springsteen and Charles Manson. Charles Manson had it, you know? It's, it's yeah, it's the thing that makes people followable. It's that. And yeah. the fact that he's, like, could break it down like that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's that's wonderful. Thank you for reading that and bringing that to us. It's Thanks for sharing. <laughs> absolutely. I was, I was really happy to find that. Um, and there's another, uh, there's another writer named Jonathan Lacks who suggests that Bruce is singing about the miracle of the human soul. And even though I... I, I just said that I feel like this song is filler, and I still kind of do. Um, to me, this is the best explanation for why this song is on the album, because if he's singing about, like, the human spirit, you know, if, if that's the case, it, it actually does serve sort of as a nice transition to the back third of the record, because he's coming out of Wrecking Ball, and so everything, bef- like, Wrecking Ball and everything before it is about sort of, like, injustice and, like, righteous indignation and, like, raging, and like, you know, all, all the stuff that sort of goes into that. 
And then after the song, you get the final three tracks on the record, which are in order, Rocky Ground, Land of Hopes and Dreams, and We Are Alive. You know, and so this song is, I mean, either it is a thematic sort of switch, or at the very least, like at the very least, it is a sonic palate cleanser to put us into a new frame of mind, so that we can get through Rocky Ground, Land of Hope and Dreams, and We Are Alive as like a single unit. And this song sort of divides the two sections of the record. Man, I wish I would have heard him give that speech and then play this song. You can, I mean, well, I don't you know, know what I mean? Like, you imagine hearing him give that speech and then watching them play these guitar parts on a stage in front of you 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 would you would think you would be like this is one of the best songs i've ever heard <laughs> it's the particle that makes sure there's mass in your ass that's yeah he uh yeah only bruce only bruce could pull that off oh man the swiss i love that yeah now that that's hilarious to me like imagine someone coming here and being like uh you know you know why I love this? It's because your friends in Mexico built it. <laughs> that is funny. He's in Norway. And he's like, let me tell you about what the Swiss did. That's pretty cool, guys. And the Norwegians are like, uh, yeah, we like yeah. the Swiss too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the relationship between Switzerland and Norway is. Like, I don't know if they have like a, I don't know if it's cordial. You know, I don't, I don't know how things are over there. So we have some, I've got we, a friend we have some listeners from Norway is... who could probably tell us. Say what? Oh yeah, they should. I have a friend whose wife is from Belgium. And during the World Cup, I was like, hey, do you have, like, some World Cup tension going on in the house right now? And he was like, no, man, we hate the Dutch. I mean, we hate, uh, yeah, we hate the Dutch. <laughs> That's the team that was playing. I mean, they don't. They're both, they're both the kindest uh, people I know, but it was just really funny. <laughs> he was like, nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm just going to root for my hometown or next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah. No chance. Well, how many Higgs boson particles do you give this song? Uh, three because the guitar parts. I'm with you there. I'll give it a three also. It's really yeah. Th- I th- I think this is my least favorite song on Wrecking Ball. Which you I don't mean, have to give it three if you don't want. No, I, I it's it's fine. That's the thing. It's like I don't mind it. I'm not offended by it. And and by itself, it's a good song. It's just it its placement, its existence on this record is confusing to me. But again, if if the point of it is just to sort of give us something light and easy to digest before we go into sort of the heavier, more like message forward part of the record, the sort of the, the final act, then it's good. Like, so I, it's hard, it's hard to sort of separate the song from the record, especially when the records are so like thematically intentional, but at, as a song by itself, it's a good song. And, and really it is sort of just its placement on the record that just makes me kind of scratch my head, but it's, it, it's a fine song. So three, I think three is right for me. Cool. Yeah. And speaking of the number three, that's how many episodes we have left, JB. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's crazy. Got to start oh packing this gosh. place up. Man, the lease ran out at the perfect time. <laughs> well, our next song uh, is not quite as light and airy as this one. The next song is Youngstown. So uh, that's what we'll be talking yeah. about on our next episode, which I'm pretty excited about. I mean, I I, I don't like to tip my hand, but I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. So um we'll we'll come back for the uh, we'll be in the home stretch real soon so uh next up we'll be talking about youngstown and uh, jb thanks for having it and bringing it with you you know into the conversation and i feel like most of our listeners have it as well for sure thanks for you know taking it off my hands for a little while always happy to you know watch it for you for a little while before you have to to take it back look man everybody wants it but it's a burden to have it 
That's what I hear, you know? Um, but it ain't got a name. So you just got to know <laughs> when you see it. And that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's all sure. I have to say about that. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back again soon with Youngstown. <laughs>